You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. I'm actually, after being out of most of gold since the uh, summer of 2020, I had a very small position, 5%. I have been adding to gold and even some gold miners recently. Thanks for tuning in to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. Joining me today is Michael Pento of Pento Portfolio Strategies. His website is pentoport.com. Michael, thank you for coming on the show for the first time. Now you write about the bond market and you advise your clients giving a holistic approach to investing. As you look at the different economic indicators out there, is the spread between the two-year and the 10-year U.S. Treasuries, is that the main indicator that you're looking at right now? It's not the main indicator. It's one of the components of my model. I have 20 components in my model. I look at the second derivative of inflation and growth with an emphasis on inflation. And the model was very clear. It was been clear since 2021, the middle of 2021. I said, beware of the first and in particular, the second quarter of 2022. Growth is going to slow remarkably. Um, and this is after having predicted that it was going to accelerate in 2021. So I mean, it's not like I just always believe that the world's crashing or that we're into a you know, we're going to a deflationary cycle or an inflationary cycle. It's both. And you have to try to get the right side of the trade. So that's what I do. So if you look at the indicator that you just mentioned, which is the 10 to yield curve spread, after dancing around, you know, 100 basis points for a while, now it's 59 basis points. So there's been a sharp contraction in that spread, which clearly tells me and underwrites and validates my prediction that growth and inflation are going to slow and inflation is going to slow on the margin but growth is going to slow dramatically in q1 and in q2 so you're not expecting stagflation then in essence if you're expecting inflation to slow would you describe this as stagflation well i mean it's going to feel kind of stagflation i mean inflation is going to slow on a second derivative basis so the you know the acceleration is going to be reduced so instead of going from you know year-over-year growth of 7%, maybe we grow at 5%. So it's still inflation. It's just growing at a slower rate. Um, but like I just mentioned, the rate of change in growth is going to go from something like 6.5 to zero. <laughs> and that's going you know, to feel kind of stagflationary, for sure. But the rate of change of inflation is not going to accelerate. And that's why I think bond yields are, gonna, are duration bonds are being more of in a topping process. Um, so, I mean, the, the world now is pricing in for, you know, I keep hearing seven rate hikes in 2022 this year. I heard um, even Romain, uh, no, no, Raphael Bostic, who is normally, a, you know, a super dove, uh, Fed President Bostic says, well, we could go by 50%, 50 basis point increases in the Fed funds rate. I was like, that's kind of, Kind of ridiculous, if you ask me. I mean, we're going to have a really nasty first quarter and second quarter. Now, the, the, the thing I want to mention about inflation is where I think inflation is going to come down on the margin, Bill. It all depends on equity prices and the credit markets. There's a very good chance we could have an absolute crash in both those things. They go hand in hand together in the second quarter. And if that's the case, I mean, if the Fed is going to tighten monetary policy into this slowdown, you could really have a catastrophe in the stock market and the credit markets, which would cause inflation 
just a plunge. Look at oil, you know, you might see oil prices go from, you know, WT, WTI, West Texas Intermediate Crude, go from something like, you know, $85 a barrel down to 50 in a matter of a few weeks. That, that you know, that is, that's something that's a risk as the credit markets freeze and the stock market freezes. Then you could have, you know, the rate of change of inflation, forget about it going from seven to five. It, we could actually be an out and out deflation if that happens. And I'll watch it and I'll react to it. And what's your expectation for gold? How does gold perform if that scenario plays out? Well, I think gold, I mean, listen, gold has had a, a horrific 2021. It hasn't had a very good week the last week. But I'm actually, after being out of mo- most of gold since the uh, summer of 2020, I had a very small position, 5%. I have been adding to gold and even some gold miners recently. Not, not successfully on the miner side, I have, to, I have to be honest with you, but it's only a few days. Uh, for the, the predicate is that long-term rates are going to top out. Growth is going to slow significantly, but growth is going to slow much faster than inflation is going to be reduced. So real interest rates could start falling after having a huge rise in real real interest rates. That could start to contract. Um, real interest rates could start to fall. And that that's wonderful for gold. So if nominal rates are falling and real interest rates are falling, then I, I'm priced for that potential rally in the next uh, few months. From the investment perspective, uh, we speculate in silver because it typically outperforms gold by up to three times in a bull market. But if there's a contraction and there's lack of industrial demand, you know, how do you see silver factoring into the equation here? So I, I, I like silver when I see global growth accelerating um, rapidly um, and, and as well as inflation at the same time. So that's silver tends to outperform gold at, in that uh, construct. I just don't see that happening now. So silver is a monetary metal and an industrial metal. And I think that industrial side of it is going to really get hurt. So I much prefer gold to silver at this juncture. What about commodities in general with this expectation? I've had guests on the show that believe we're at the cusp of a generational opportunity in commodities. You look like you disagree. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, ask me when, what's the duration? What's your investment duration? I think, I think commodities are, are an horrific, horrific investment right now, with the exception of gold. And ask me in 2021, in 2019, I would have said, yeah, commodities are great except gold. Now I'm saying commodities are horrible except for money, real money, which is gold. So I'm on the other side of the trade. Now, now ask me what happens later on this year when, the, when and if the credit markets freeze and the pivoting Jerome Powell, I call him Powell the pivoter. I mean, he's like, you know, inflation is transitory. No, it's not. It's, it's, he has no idea. You know, he's looking now. He's just like, hey, we'll just wait for the data to come out and we'll react to it. Well, inflation is a lagging indicator. So you're going to look at lagging data on a lagging indicator. If that's, such, if that's what you're going to do, <laughs> you're going to be tightening monetary policy. And let me just tell you why I don't like monetary policy. So Jerome Powell, he's, he was printing $120 billion a month. Uh, the average in the last two years is $250 billion. So he's printing $120 billion a month in a balance sheet. That's, that's, this is all the way into late 2021. Now, from, say, November of two, 2021 to March of 2022, not a long duration there, you know, four months. He's going to go from printing $120 billion to zero, he's going to raise interest rates at least 25 basis points, maybe 50, 
I have my doubts on 50, but let's just say he does at least 25. And then he's going to lay out shortly after that the plan for quantitative tightening, which don't forget, Bill's going to run in the background. You won't even notice it. Eh, don't worry about it. Like a <laughs> it's like watching paint dry uh, until the world falls apart. So, but this time he, he says that he can start sooner and drain his balance sheet faster. Well, the last time he did quantitative tightening, I think he was doing 50 billion a month. I have to check that, but it was 50 billion a month. Pretty sure on that figure, it was 30, was it 30 in treasuries and 20 in mortgage-backed securities. Now he wants to do it faster. So we could have upwards of $100 billion a month in quantitative tightening, trying to get that $9 trillion balance sheet back down to like $7 trillion-ish. Um, so he's gonna be, Quantity tightening, 100 billion a month, plus raising interest rates, no more QE into a slowdown, a global slowdown. During an election le year, that's where I have a hard time believing they're going to do this, especially in an election year. You know, I don't, I, listen, you know, I think he has to do it because it's an election year. I mean, who, first of all, that's not part of my calculation is an election year. Listen, who is the voting contingency for Joe Biden and the Democrats? I'm a libertarian. I'm a libertarian. So let's just get that. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm a libertarian. I believe in freedom. I believe in markets, which neither Republicans or Democrats believe in markets. Believe me when I tell you that. So who is the voting contingency for Joe Biden and Democrats? It's the lower middle class and below. Who is getting crushed by inflation the most right now? The lower middle classes and below. Okay. This Federal Reserve cannot, it's untenable. For them to sit there and look at a 7% year-over-year CPI print, rents that are going up 40% in some cities, okay, and do nothing, do nothing, and worry about an election year. They're worried about an election year, then they have to make sure that they placate the middle class and the lower classes by quelling inflation. And they will do that that's my prediction. I could be wrong. I'm not going I'm, I'm, but I am not going to sit here and say, well, the Fed can't do anything because they're worried about the stock market. Well, they are worried about the stock market, but they're, wor they're worried less about the one percenters and, and, and the upper classes than they are worried about the middle classes and, and below. So they're going to do what they have to do to keep get inflation under some kind of control. So inflation is going to fall naturally at around 5% by the, by the fall and the, and the winter of 2022. But Front, front end loaded, we have a real um, problem with inflation. There's going to be a plethora of bad economic data on the inflation front coming out in the, you know, in, up until the spring and early summer. And they just can't ignore it. So they will be tightening into the slowdown. And I don't think they have much of a choice but to do so. What will, what, what, what will change their mind? A negative non-farm payroll report print. Um, a stock market that goes down so significantly on the major averages that you get a credit market freeze. Um, uh, inflation, a, a CPI or per PCE inflation print that's below five. But I don't think, you know, I don't think that's going to, until, until any one of those things happen, you're going to continue to get a, a, a hawkish effect. What's your take on the, the green revolution, electrical vehicles, the metals that supply it, carbon offset credits? Like, is there money to be made in all of this from your perspective? Well, I was investing in, the, in those companies, um, you know, lithium companies, EV companies. Uh, I loved it. It was a very profitable um, 
position for us in, in 2020, early 21. Um, but when you look at a condition of what I call sec- sector one of my uh, five sector investment spectrum, which is deflation and recession, which is where we're probably headed, um, companies that don't make money and have promises of you know, revenue and earnings in the future really don't do well at all. And that's been borne out. I mean, just look at, look at the carnage underneath the indexes in January. Look at Kathy Wood's ARK investment portfolio, disruptors. Um, if you have a company that's going to, you know, very p- potentially going to do fantastic, but with, you know, trading at 100 times sales, they get destroyed when economic growth slows and inflation slows. So, so they're not my favorite right now, but they, they will be again in the future. What about shorting? Uh, what are you shorting right now? Uh, I am shorting the, you know, I, I have a, a 10% short position in, this, in, in my portfolio. Um, I wish it was higher in hindsight, but hey, listen, this is so far just a normal correction. You look at, I look at um, LIBOR spreads, Maribor, BSBY, break-even spreads, 10-2 treasury spread. They're starting to, you know, have a little bit of a disruption, but it's not just yeah, it's a it's an amber light right now. It's not red. And when you short stocks, you want to go net short in your portfolio. You want to make sure or have the odds in your favor of a steep drop in economic growth that's imminent. I mean, you you wouldn't have had much fun being short last Friday, and even today. And it's a recording of the interview. The markets, I think, are pretty much unchanged. But you have to have a pretty because it's expensive to short, and you can get really hurt being that short in your portfolio. Um, but I am short some of those high beta names, uh, names that have a, a very weak relative strength. And uh, I might increase that as the model looks at the deterioration in credit spreads and tells me, hey, it's time to get more defensive. Historically, have you made more money in a gen- general equities, a bull market or a bear market? Um, well, I tend to do pretty well in both. But the outperformance of the S&P 500 is when you have um, iterations of, of deflation and inflation and recessions and growth in the same year. So I think 2022 qualifies for that for sure. So with this analysis, then avoid real estate. Am I hearing you correctly from your perspective? Well, I didn't say that yet, but I, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good uh, assumption on your part. I would uh, avoid real estate. Yes. Okay. Because some have said, you know, take on those 3.5% loans, go buy a hard asset. But, uh, Bill, I think that's already, I think that's already happened. I think that's already happened. I mean, you know, the, the home prices have surged even more than they did during the uh, Great Recession, leading up to the Great Recession of 2008. So we've had major, major advances in home prices, 20% plus in, 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 in nationally in certain areas of the country. It's, 80% plus. Um, I hear anecdotal evidence of multiple houses being held by many people. And, you know, in the stock, you know, where is this money coming from? People, you know, going to an open house with cash in their, in their, in their pockets, bidding way over ass price. Well, where is that money coming from? It's coming from the stock market. People tend not to have millions of dollars in a, in a, in a money market account or in a, under their mattress. It's mostly in the stock market. And if the stock market gets hurt badly, people will start pulling in their horns 
Uh, they just want to have the cash to buy houses. And then when you own five houses and they're rented out and your renters go away because there's a, people losing their job and the value of those homes start to drop and you have no liquidity because you lost so much money in the stock market, then you start putting houses for sale. It's, you know, it, it, it's, it's likely to happen once again. Michael, your website is pentoport.com. Uh, as we conclude, just uh, for listeners that aren't familiar with your work, what could they find there? Well, I do have a uh, free trial for my podcast, which is the Midweek Reality Check, $50 a year. Um, and it's a five-week trial. Gives you a lot of my thoughts from a 36,000-foot level. If you have around $100,000 to invest, I'll take you as a client and put you in the paradigm inflation, deflation, economic cycle model and portfolio. Excellent. All right, Michael, thanks for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.